Oh, uh, let me ask you, how long do you tend to do quick cuts? I apologize. I just. So quick cuts is just um, quick cuts is a show that I do. It's a series. Uh, I take three friends, three topics, and we talk about, you know, 10, Whatever. 15 minutes. Okay, great. Yeah. And this is a quick so... cut, right? Or do you want to do? Yeah. Okay, great. This this this, this is just a quick cut yeah. segment. <laughs> Don't ramble on, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we when it's nap time I'll let you know. <laughs> Fantastic. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link/red5. Okay, folks, welcome to another edition of Quick Cuts here at the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. Quick Cuts, as you rem- as you can remember, um, if if I can't remember, then you probably can't remember. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Quick Cuts. It's a series, a, a show here um, that we take three topics and three friends and uh, really discuss them. Uh, you know, not a full, uh, complete show but uh, a little tit for tat as they say Ooh. uh and tonight uh, uh on our first segment we got uh, dave from what does star wars mean to you dave brother what's happening man not too much thank you for having me on it's been a it's been a crazy day uh of real 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 life work and so i'm really excited to just talk some star wars yeah, well, I, I asked you if we can kind of impromptu do it tonight, so uh, thanks for uh, flexing, and uh, yeah, last minute uh, last minute recording session, but this will be fun. Yes, yes, any any time it's fun. So I've been hearing on the news, on the Twitters, on the XYZs, LMNOPs, whatever they're calling it these days, um, that. Um, Kathleen Kennedy gets fired again. No. Uh, and <laughs> Hold on. Again, yes. Let me get my uh, Kathleen gets fired shirt. <laughs> hey, there's an idea. <laughs> I, I know. I have to wash it. T public, here I come. But um, no, so there's uh, we were reading through some news tidbits on the Star Wars uh, in the Star Wars universe. Um, John John Favreau is uh, leaving Marvel and he's uh, hopping over to uh, to Fahey. save Star Wars. Was it uh, Kevin Fahey? You said John. Favreau. What did I say? You said John Favreau. I did say John Favreau. I, I, Wishful I, thinking, maybe. I thought, oh my god, this is a completely different talk topic. John Breaking Favreau news. is leaving Star Wars. <laughs> what are they going to do? No, you were absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, somebody's got to save Star Wars. Might as well be him. (laughs) But um, yeah, you know, these are um, I guess these are uh, these news topics kind of are cyclical. Um, We hear them every every three months, I think. Either Kathleen Kennedy is getting fired or uh, Kevin Feige is doing a Star Wars. He's not doing a Star Wars. He's coming over to Star Wars. He's leaving Star Wars. Uh, so it, it's funny to see, you know, some of the internet uh, publications, uh, official and non-official, kind of, uh, you know, um, ride that wave back and forth, to and fro, up and down. It's weird. 
Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I'm very cynical about these kind of stories. I think it's the nature of the clickbait. It's like, hey, we got nothing right now. Let's throw up the Kathleen Kennedy's getting fired. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Look, um, at one point, she probably will leave Lucasfilm, and then yeah. everybody's going to say, see, I told you. <laughs> exactly. Remember in 2017 when I tweeted that she was going to be fired? Well, here it is, 2025, it and is. she has been. <laughs> She's gone. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, but... Um, what do you think really in general? I mean, I, I know we're we're kind of making fun of the news, um, the, the, this yeah, news yeah, tidbit that's... here, but um, what do you think uh, of Kevin Feige coming over to Star Wars? I know, you know, we, uh, we are nerds of, of many flavors. Um, we love the MCU for yeah. the most part, but, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like. Like he's done a good job with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think there's a lot of planning after I don't know how many, you know, seventy thousand four hundred and twelve uh, movies that uh, that exist in the MCU. <laughs> but I mean, that takes a lot of planning. That takes a lot of yeah. uh, legwork and um, spreadsheets uh, action there. So <laughs> a lot of, what, a lot um, of no cards on the board. Next, absolutely. Um, but uh, what do you think of, I guess, in theory, as a concept, what do you think of Kevin Feige coming over to kind of run things when Kathleen Kennedy is gone? I mean, she's going to be gone eventually. What if it's him? Well, yeah, yeah. let's just pretend that she leaves of her own accord and that it's not one of those like kind of BSPR releases of like, she just wanted to spend more time with her family. <laughs> um, yeah. But say she, she does exit and then uh kevin comes in i i i think i would be kind of hesitantly very excited about it i know those are okay. kind of two very different uh concepts to hold at the same time but i do like what his um what his creative approach to the mcu has been which has which is i think probably a very luckily loosely controlled uh, story arc. I, I think they got very lucky with that Thanos story arc um, in a sense, because it was a very powerful, simple aspect of like, this dude needs five rings and he wants maybe, well, yes, five rings and he wants to destroy the world. I don't know. Nobody can see me right now, but I did, count my fingers too and remember <laughs> that it's the glove and I, I think there's one of the center of the back so maybe six right yeah so, i think so so but that was a very uh kind of easy get for a complex um history within comic books for for a movie going public i would also say that if you look at what they're doing with kang the conqueror I feel very confused about everything and like, is he the big bad or are they trying to do something different? Um, every time uh, in this, I don't know what phase we are, five, six, seven, whatever phase we're yeah, in. Right. I'm kind of confused at like, where are we leading up to? Whereas in uh, the Thanos storyline, even as far back as, um, uh, Avengers 2 uh, or Captain America uh, Winter Soldier you felt the the thread of the overall storyline and mm -hmm. I, and just like they 
do they're doing with the TV show, the Star Wars TV shows. I, I kind of am excited about having that in the future, uh, having that within the Star Wars theatrical releases a little bit. Let me ask you this, because I just thought of this. If, say, he comes aboard and he says, no more trilogies, it's just going to be straight-up storyline. Hmm. What, how, do you think it needs to be trilogies? Or if it were, like, eight or nine movies that are just a straight telling? That's a great question. Um, I think I feel that the trilogies... um, yeah, I don't know. You know, with the announcement yeah. of the fact that they were going to do the Ray movies, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not too like eager to see a Ray trilogy. Um, nothing against, you know, Daisy Ridley; she's wonderful, yeah. and Ray. You know, I, I like the character. I think, um, I don't know. Um, you know, the standalone movies are great. Um, although, you know, obviously Rogue One for me is is you know Chef's Kiss. Yes. Um, you know, solo was solo was was fun at the at the on the big screen. It had its yeah. problems, but um, I think you know now who was it? Uh, uh, the uh, the the CEO that came back uh, from uh, to to Disney to uh, kind of clean house. Oh, Bob name? Iger. Yeah, he uh, he basically said that uh, they are cutting down on uh, quantity and focusing on quality which uh, I think is a good move because yep. I think, um, you know, from a standpoint of a, you know, a company that it was, I feel too eager to fill their streaming service with as much as they could to attract, um, you know, subscribers. I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot by, uh, I don't know, maybe rushing too much through yeah. the process, through the creative process creating programs that weren't really up to par, especially when it comes to the, the star Wars brand. I know a lot of people that have really fallen off the, the star Wars wagon and, and left the fandom for whatever reason. And, um, so to me, I think, you know, they, they really should kind of take a pause and say, you know, let's, let's really focus on a quality story and see where it goes. If it leads to a trilogy, fine. If it doesn't, and it's a standalone, that's fine too. Um, I, you know, I've said it before. I really miss star Wars on the big screen. Yeah. Um, so whatever, you know, whatever incarnation they, you know, they, they choose. Um, I really hope that it's good. Now I feel as though there's a lot of Kathleen Kennedy hate and I, in part, I kind of having worked in the industry. I mean, I've worked in television, uh, and I worked for Disney. The it's really hard to for me to put the blame on any one person because it is such a collaborative kind of thing. And there's also not as it just collaborative, but what you mentioned about wanting to put too much out there. There are those goals of like, look, we need three Star Wars shows this year. What do you got? And they have to air this, this, and this. Even J.J. Abrams in making, I think, The Force Awakens and um, – Rise of Skywalker was like, can I get a couple more months? And the studio head was, no, you can't. You have to put it out on Christmas 2019. And so there's a lot of, not only is there collaboration, there is also um, compromise. And I think that's what we're seeing. 
Obi-Wan, I think, is a great example, which, I, you know, I, I enjoyed the show. But it does feel like it was a two-hour movie where they were like, let's expand it out into six or eight episodes that are about 40 sure. minutes. Um, right. So when you have all that kind of colliding together, it's very – I think it's very difficult to hold any one person accountable um yes it all is under kathleen kennedy's watch but there are so many other aspects that are hard to control um and and so i think uh in some ways here's the thing i think kathleen kennedy's probably an amazing producer uh but a producer is someone who says hey creative what do you need i'm gonna give that to you so that you can make your vision happen she worked for spielberg for years lucas for years and um i think maybe what star wars needs is maybe a little more of a creative producer who maybe in the john favreau dave filoni kevin uh faggy from his past uh successes uh to kind of really hold those reins and not be like hey creative what do you need but hey here's kind of the creative points you guys need to hit i don't really care how you hit them but this is where you need to land and let's talk about how to make that happen and that's also a lot of guesswork on my part sure yeah and uh, you know we have to understand too that uh movie movie making is a business yep you know, with with uh, you mentioned the the rush to to get uh, the Force Awakens out into theaters, hell or high water on that date. You know, you know the company had just spent uh, you know four point two billion dollars yeah. with a B, and I'm sure the investors are like, oh, okay, where, where's where's our return? We we just yeah. uh, wrote a really large check. Let's get to it. And, um, you know, I, I think for the most part, they made their money, of course, because Star Wars is, is at that point was a brand that, uh, you know, for the most part was was kind of unmatched, unchallenged. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's gone through some phases, obviously, f- uh, since the sale to Disney. Um, and, you know, not all for the the, the better. Um, but I think I don't know. I think it almost feels like we are we are at a precipice where. Um, maybe, you know, Disney is kind of listening or watching, mm-hmm. um, the fans to see what, you know, what is really going on. I think one or two, um, you know, uh, vocal, uh, Twitter accounts, uh, might be a fluke, but when people start, uh, you know, talking more and more about how the quality has left Star Wars as a brand, um, and, uh, people are not, uh, you know, not anticipating these yeah. uh, these Star Wars events on on the small screen as much as they should be, then you know, as a company, I think they have to step back and say, well, you know, what the hell's going on? Uh, why are we not commanding the numbers that we should be commanding, and how can we fix that? And I think you know that really um, that really lies on Kathleen Kennedy as a leader, mm-hmm. um, and yes, as a producer, obviously. Uh, you know, she she did something that uh, George, you know, saw in order for her to to become the the president of Lucasfilm when they did the sale. So, you know, yeah. we're not going to take anything away from her, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, as a leader, I think, um, you know, I don't know. You know, a lot of people say that she might be a little disconnected from either the fandom or the public, the consumer of these films. Um, which may or may not be the case. Obviously, you know, we're not in the boardroom when, when, when yeah. these uh, CEOs are talking, 
But it is interesting that, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, Iger's announcement really, um, I don't know, not threw me for a loop, but it really, it, it surprised me to, to, to hear them say that, that they're concentrating on, on quality versus quantity. And, uh, you know, it, it took, you know, several years, I guess, for them to kind of uh, pony up and, and admit that. And, and I think that's great. Yeah. I, and here's the cynical side, because, you know, I can be very cynical. Uh, yes. But focusing on quality, not quantity, is also code to Wall Street. We're going to save money and not um, spend so much. So don't worry, our, our payback's going to be better. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But I think I, so too. Yeah. I think, um, I do think it does need kind of a, a, a visionary element. I think Dave Filoni has sure. been great in the t television aspect. I don't know how he, um, if that will translate to movie planning, but um, it does need a little bit of like, here's the big picture and how do we make that work? Yes. Um, and I, I did also want to point out one thing again, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those, well, both of us, we're, we're not those YouTubers that are, you know, crying, um, you know, MCU or there's too many women in star Wars or Marvel, you know, <laughs> no, all that stuff. Yeah. I, 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 but I do feel like. There had there there was kind of a shift um, to be able to draw in uh, a certain aspect of the audience that may not be used to you know going to a Star War. Um, obviously, you know yeah. Star Wars seems yeah. to be a little bit more on the you know high adventure, you know big testosterone numbers, uh, you know battles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, and uh, you know. Star Wars, I think when it came to the small screen, started to soften up a little bit, um, in my opinion, um, with, uh, you know, getting all cutesy with Grogu and and touchy feely with the book of Boba Fett. And it's like, um, I don't think that's what the core um, audience uh, or the core fans uh, were really into. Um, and it shows because the numbers, obviously, you know, you ask anybody out in the street that are, is a Star Wars fan, you know, Book of Boba Fett is probably at the bottom of all of the television series. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, I'm, again, not, uh, not saying that uh, there's no, you know, there shouldn't be any women in Star Wars because obviously that's a ridiculous notion. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to these stories, uh, just make them good, make them adventurous, and maybe stick to George's core message of uh, you know believing in yourself and and uh, you know that hero's journey that we mm -hmm. all go through, no matter you know no matter if we have a penis or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, that's that's also another T public. Let's make a T shirt. Um, Star Wars for people without penises. <laughs> um, but I agree with that sentiment that um, that it doesn't maybe need to go to back to basics. I think what it is is it's not about 
oh, how do I phrase this? This is really, this is going to be difficult for me. Um, <laughs> it's not about, um, uh, it's not about trying to reinvent Star Wars so much as making something that's so much f- fun that everyone will want to watch. And yes, that includes inclusion, but it doesn't maybe have to be, a, uh, I don't even want to say it. Don't even want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's you know it, it's it's I'm difficult. Sorry. Yeah, it is difficult, and I think it's a difficult uh, kind of conversation to have without putting your foot in your mouth. And you know, yeah, I'm speaking as a white man who's 50 years old. Yeah. So you don't look a day over 48 and a half. I, you know what? A lot of people tell me that, and thank you. I, I appreciate that, Ro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The AARP doesn't think so, but you know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you got to get your tote, tote bag. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots of things to tote. Where am I going to put my Star Wars figures? In my AARP tote bag. You know what? Third t shirt of the night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any final thoughts on this quick cuts topics? I know, uh, you know, well, it's it's interesting. I, I, it would be neat to see uh, Kevin Feige take over Star Wars and see if he can recreate what he did with um, the MCU phase one through, I want to say phase five, whatever ended in 2019. Um, I do think he himself would need to go back to basics because I think they... T- uh, took off more than they could chew for um, this second part, that the post-Thanos storyline. Um, and I think if he went back to basics, they went kind of back to basics with Star Wars, it could be really something. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. Um, well, you know, you also hear it uh, on the Internet, Star Wars is dead, but I think Star Wars is anything but dead. Um, you know, we'll, uh, hopefully get, uh, more stories, more variety and, uh, it should be, uh, interesting. Yeah. And I apologize. I have one more thing to say about Star Wars is dead. Um, you had mentioned cyclical with the stories about Kathleen Kennedy. I think popularity is cyclical too. I think it rises and falls and we're just in a fall at the moment. And I think, sure. uh, Marvel is a little bit at, at a fall from the apex of, uh, the Thanos storyline, and just like uh, from the apex of The Force Awakens, quite frankly, um, that we're just in a downward slope. And you know what? Just like the Disney stock shot up today, uh, I think Star Wars stock will shoot up again in a year or two. I just realized that Kathleen Kennedy has a twin. <laughs> So when she leaves, maybe her twin will come in and pose as Kathleen Kennedy. She'll never get fired. <laughs> no, no. there will always be a Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> I think, you know what, uh, quite frankly, since the Phantom Menace, I think every there are people who just want to hate on Star Wars. I was one of them back in 2001, uh, 1999. <laughs> now I kind of really like those movies. Um so, I don't know what that says. <laughs> I don't know, but we probably should just make it into a t-shirt too as well. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Go for the, the the forced t-shirts 15 minute show. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Dave, thank you very much again for coming on this edition of Quick Cuts this segment. Where can folks find you to say hello there? General Kenobi. <laughs> well, you can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Means mean to you that's star wars mean the number two in the letter u and you can find uh the show what do, uh what does star wars mean to you wherever you cast your pod amazon apple uh, spotify uh we just had the ralph reports eddie pence on and it's a great conversation Excellent, excellent. So, uh, folks, get on that. Get on top of it. Make sure you are subscribed and follow my friend Dave. Uh, until next time, thank you, Dave. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. You got to come back uh, more often and uh, regale us with your uh, lively, your lively retorts. Love it. <laughs> thank you so much, Rose. It's a pleasure. I love it. And yes, I'm going to be back. Excellent. All right, folks, that was segment one of our Quick Cut show. We'll be right back talking with some more friends and more topics here on the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. Don't forget to tell a friend if you're enjoying the show. If you enjoy this Quick Cut series, tell a friend. We'll be right back. Hey, friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh, yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. This is Sentry Mode. All right, folks, you know what that means. You heard that jingle. It's time for Sentry Mode. And on this segment of Sentry Mode, we have a friend come on board. And I'm going to ask him a couple of questions, five questions for Sentry Mode. We'll see how he does. Lee, please welcome Daniel Sparks. Daniel, what's up, man? Hey, glad to have, glad to be here, man. I'm glad to be invited to this. This will be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. Um, so obviously, you know, we're recording this on Streamyard. We're not, uh, we're not. The, the audience right now is not seeing your background. You have uh, a, quite an array of Star Wars action figures and other wonderful memorabilia uh, back there. Can you tell me? Um, wh- I'm going to ask you one question that is not part of Sentry Mode, but what is sure. your most favorite or prized possession? Oh dear. Um... It would probably be something that's not on camera. And it was actually my original twelve, my original twelve that I had when I was a kid when I was growing up. Um, that I got when I was five when uh-huh. the movie came out. Sure, um, I do, and and you know, thank God, my mom wasn't one of those moms that went up in the attic and threw away all oh my, my toys. God. Yeah, and I have every single one of my Star Wars toys from when basically when since I was five, and um, I would I would kind of 
throw those all in together. I mean, do I mean, you know, I, I kind of. I guess when you start getting into collecting and I'm sure you guys could do this on another, another podcast or whatever is, is that what I try to do with my collecting is, is that it's like what I make, you know, the dioramas that I make and, you know, and, you know, not so much the figures, but kind of like the, 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 I, I, I put more of my focus into that as opposed to being a completist like I was years and years ago, back when power of the force two came out and Mm -hmm. I just went kind of nuts with it. Yeah. Too funny. Yeah. Those, uh, that's wonderful that your mother didn't throw stuff out. I hope you call her every, at least every Sunday. I, I text, <laughs> I, I text my mother every morning. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, cool. Sentry mode. Let's, uh, poke around, uh, different aspects of, uh, a little star Wars, a little, maybe not star Wars, but, uh, let's see what we got. You ready? Or oh, I'm 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 re- I'm about as ready as I'm going to ever be, I guess. <laughs> yes, excellent, <laughs> excellent. All right, question number 1. While exploring Cloud City, 3PO bumps into a rather rude droid. What does this rude droid say to 3PO? Ichuta. There you go. Very rude. That's awesome. all right um let's uh i'm gonna let's see let's jump around here and uh let is all right since you are a collector here's a good one for you Mm -hmm. all right kenner famously had the star wars action figure lines back in the day figures ships etc what popular line i guess it's debatable whether it was popular or not but what popular line did they develop that they claimed were Ships and vehicles that were just right off of camera view. What was that line called? Hmm. The mini rigs? Yes, absolutely. The okay. mini yeah. rigs. Yeah. Little ships yeah. that you can, you know, shove uh, one action figure in and uh, play as if they were, you know, on Hoth or on Endor, but just off off to the side, uh, George decided not to shoot that that angle so uh yeah right those toys were were uh like i said um, some people like them some people don't uh they're canon not canon whatever the argument of the day is um but uh that's too funny do you have any of those mini rigs i actually have three i have the the at uh, the int i forgot the name of it right offhand i've got the box over there uh, it's the one that that was supposed to fit inside the ad at um and it had little wings that popped out on the side and then i also have the mini um mini sail barge um mini rig that basically it looks like the katana um but it it only fits one figure and it's it has little wings on the side also and then i have pieces of the power generator mini rig that they came out with oh yeah that's cool yeah. that's cool Absolutely. Um, yeah, wonderful. Uh, it's a nice little chapter in the collecting history of, of us uh, Star Wars fans. Too funny. Oh, yeah. All right, question number three. Um, if ADAT stands for All-Terrain Armored Transport, what does ATST stand for? All-Terrain Scout Transport. Absolutely correct. You are uh, getting them uh, right off the bat. No hesitation, my friend. You can tell you're a fan. (laughs) Or a nerd. 
I think uh, I think it's more along the lines of a nerd. If you can see the rest of this room. <laughs> yeah. It goes hand in hand. I, you know, you can tell uh, by my background as well. So excellent. All right. Question number three. Speaking of acronyms, for a while after The Force Awakens, fan uh, fans had a rumor for what Snoke stood for. Do you remember what that was? We were all speculating. Oh. We were Speculation like, on what? S-N-O-K-E. Um, who is Snoke? Was it this guy? Was it that guy? How does it all play together? What is the end game? Snoke. Who was Snoke? Or at least who did fans think Snoke was and uh, made up this acronym that fit perfectly, actually? Oh, I remember this. I just can't. I, I can't remember uh, there were there were so many rumors going around about who Snoke was at that point in time. Um, <laughs> you ain't kidding. Uh, I mean, it, it, but I didn't. Re- I, I I guess I missed that one. But S and I, I have to think S N O K E. I mean, he's sitting right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm sitting here staring at. I'm going to stare at him, and until you know, I see if it comes to uh, you. Well, at first point, at one point, a lot of people thought he was a reincarnation of Darth Bane, um, and I remember hearing that one for a long time. And but then, um, but now I think I, I think you're going to get me on this one. The, oh. the acronym for Snoke is going to get me. All right, um, Snoke. We were talking about it uh, back in the day when the Force Awakens came out. People were speculating it was a Sith no one knew existed. <laughs> I'm sitting here pulling out Darth Bane out of my ass. And <laughs> okay, there you go. Yep. Okay, here, uh, question number five on Sentry Mode. And uh, extra points for the second portion of this question. And um, let's see uh, let's see how deep your nerd card goes. Okay. What is Finn's Stormtrooper number? And does it mean anything or is it a reference to anything? FN2187 and the reference 2187... Um, I, I'm just thinking about back, you know, Phantom Menace, and you had one one three eight in the back of a battle droid. Um, twenty one eighty seven. Um, two one eight. Um, I can see the wheels turning. The the, the uh, yeah, they are definitely turning. Um, there was just. No, I mean, FN 2187, the, um, two, one, eight. I'll give you a hint. Yeah, that, that one, that one's got me because I'm, you, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like dates. I'm thinking dates. No, like of, no. Okay. No. I'll give you a, a line that Han Solo says, uh, at, uh, in Star Wars. Let's, mm-hmm. let's find out what cell this princess of yours is in. Here it is. Oh, 
Okay, that was the, the well cell block A A twenty three and then I guess is the twenty one eighty seven had to have been the actual cell the itself. The cell block, yeah, the cell where block. Princess Leia was being held was on the Death Star. Actually, that perfect, perfect. Excellent. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much. That was five questions on this edition of Sentry Mode. Did you have fun? I had a good time. That was good. Uh, those were those were digging deep. I was actually going even deeper. I don't know. I don't know how. I was actually expecting you to kind of throw me a question like, "What is Lando's real name?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, it's Ladorius Balthazar Calrissian." And I was like, "Why do I know that?" Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's it is. It's uh, little trivia bits that stay in our nerd brain for whatever reason. And uh, for some reason, I remember reading an old Starlog magazine right before Return of the Jedi came out. And they told me that it took 100,000 pounds of nails to build Jabba's sail barge out in Yuma, Arizona. So um, just to blow it up. Yeah, that is, uh, (laughs) again, that is uh, one of those tidbits of information that for some reason just sticks in my brain. Too funny. Yeah, yeah. Yep, good stuff. Excellent. Um, why don't you tell folks that are listening where to find you and uh, say hello there? Well, um, basically, I'm, I'm. You know, you can find me on Twitter uh, or sorry, X. Um, I really haven't done. This is kind of like my, um, I guess, uh, popping the the old podcast cherry type of thing. So this is going to be my first. Uh, you know kind of venture into this uh i feel kind of old by saying that 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 they uh this is my first venture into a uh, into a podcast and being being recorded or whatever i mean so um if you know i'm basically just on the x uh (laughs) (laughs) you've taken your first step into a larger world absolutely (laughs) excellent well uh you are welcome to uh come by the scare of scuttlebutt podcast anytime if uh you want to think of a topic we can uh, team up and uh you know do a show so absolutely thank you very much for joining me hey thanks a lot appreciate the invite no problem all right folks let's get back to the discussion that was sentry mode with daniel sparks check it out All right, folks, I wanted to take a little break and say thank you to all the patrons here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Do you all remind me to make sure that we spit out some good product here from topics to technical? We want to make sure that you are proud of us enough to attach your name to this show. First of all, our executor tier, Scott and Kim of the Use and Abuse podcast, a proud member of the Red 5 family. Make sure to check them out. Visit them in the chat when they go live for fun and shenanigans. And speaking of shenanigans, another one wonderful supporter nicholas schaefer mr backyard tardis himself hey he's got a channel adventures in locksmithing and if you think rekeying is all he does well you should watch a few of his videos and prepare yourself for the crazies all right and moving on to our garrison tier big thanks to the frank our resident back to the future expert Log in and say hello. What's up, Frank? Melanie Marquita, big high five to you, my friend. One of my favorite collaborators. 
We got comics and cosmetics. Danny, her YouTube channel's got the latest nerd news and some awesome tips on comics and cosmetics. Go give her a sub. All right, big shout-outs to Alex, the salty nerd himself, Nicole, peace, love, and all fandoms. And someone who brings joy to my timeline, Belinda. So glad you're on this list. I also want to give a special shout-out to Vader, Rapina, and Rennie. And, of course, Ollie and family. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you, patrons and friends of the podcast. If you're interested in helping to keep the lights on here, get some exclusive Scarab swag, stickers, and my periodic row rant episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. Okay, folks, we are back, and we are in the middle of doing a Quick Cuts episode with some friends, and uh, we got some news and some topics that will uh, chime in here with uh, Ambrose from the GNN. What's up, Ambrose? Long time no see. Uh, doing well. Everything's doing well. No? Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, so uh, this is our uh, second segment here on this uh, complete uh, episode of the uh, Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. And uh, we, uh, we're we just talking a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to talk about as of tonight, uh, November 21st, 2023. Um, there's some stuff that uh, a lot of people have been talking about, but we do have a, we do have a main topic. And I want to give you guys uh, the heads up. Our main topic, we have been trying to uh, schedule this little recording for uh, probably the better part of a week and a half. And um, we're going to talk about uh, what our thoughts are on... Who's doing better on the small screen, uh, the MCU or Star Wars? But before we get into that, speaking of Star Wars, um, today, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of folks are uh, talking about uh, the announcement that was just made, I guess, uh, uh, an article in Variety magazine. Um, Dave Filoni made uh, the, uh, the creative head over at Lucasfilm, and uh, we're going to just talk a little bit about that and distill what uh, some of the uh, some of uh, what any of that means um cuz i know wasn't he already like a creative executive back in april and and he had already taken uh kind of a soft role at, at lucasfilm do you remember all that i i, I remember that um and I, I'm pretty sure this is a creative position and it's disney trying to just let the fans know that he's the heir apparent if and when, if and when um, Kathleen Kennedy decides to step aside, I think Disney is putting him in the line of succession, right? Uh, and they're and they're not and they're trying to kill any debate, as tends to happen whenever Disney does anything with leadership. There's always sure. the debate, so yeah. I think they're just trying to nip it in the bud and make it clear that 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 he's he's the guy. Whenever she decides to to step aside. He's filling that role. Yeah. yeah, and you know the uh, the article did mention that the 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 two would be working hand in hand together, um, more or less. You know, having Dave Filoni kind of be in charge of uh, some of the creative narratives going forward from television shows to to films. So that's uh, that's kind of exciting. Kind of uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people post that they are cautiously optimistic. Obviously, there's the fans that uh, that say hail to Dave Filoni. 
There's the other fans that are a little more skeptical. Um, but um, yeah, you're as we know, you're not going to please Star Wars fans 100% of the time. Yeah, it's it's the old joke. What's the best way to piss off a Star Wars fan? Just talk about Star Wars. Like, you know, it's, you're never, you'll be lucky if you get 45% of the fans to be happy. Wow. 45. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's quite a number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And again, you know, I'm, I'm not the, uh, I'm not that kind of guy that, uh, is, uh, super cynical. Um, but I am cautiously optimistic. I think, you know, uh, having known Dave Filoni's, um, I guess, creative powers in the past between, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars, Clone Wars more specifically. Um, but uh, for me, Ahsoka left me a little, um, a little, uh, a little bit wanting more. I, I didn't, uh, you know, you can hear our review. Brad and I uh, talked a, a little, uh, the whole episode really, um, a couple of week, weeks ago when the Ahsoka show uh, finished. But, um, as a Star Wars fan, I'm always happy to learn that there's going to be a new Star Wars, and I'll obviously I'll watch it, I'll critique it, I'll absorb it, um, and then you know that's that's all we can do really. Um, if you like it, like it. If not, uh, tell us why. I mean, I, I do have um, a, a theory, and I, I don't know if I'm right as to why this news is being announced because Disney very rarely does this. They very rarely will say, hey, this is the guy. And I really think that South Park did a number on them. Oh, okay. And I think they're trying to deflect a little bit. We all know the South Park. I'm not going to quote it. I don't want to get flagged on YouTube. Um, but I think what happened was the criticism going towards Kathleen Kennedy's way, it was easy to dismiss because a lot of it was coming from what they would call crackpot YouTubers. But when South Park made those criticisms, they <laughs> shot it into the mainstream. Right. And now I think they're trying to, um, they're 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 just trying to soften the blow because I'm sure behind the scenes she's just getting dogpiled, and uh, it, it, and you know, and I, I think the episode, some of it was on point, some of it made sense, but I don't think it was entirely fair to her. Mm-hmm. They were blaming her for things that Kevin Feige and Bob Iger decided on. Sure. And, and she kind of, I mean, I, I just, I, I feel like the episode, it made its point. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff she did that was bad decisions, but they really put a lot on her that she wasn't like, she's not responsible for the Snow White remake. She's not responsible for what goes on at Marvel. So, so they really kind of misled the casual viewer into thinking that she actually makes all these decisions, which which I kind of, it, playing devil's advocate, don't think was too fair for her. Right. <clears throat> yeah. You know, she, uh, I think at this point, she's just kind of an easy target for, for a lot of folks. Um, but, uh, hey, can't wait to have her as my co-host here at the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. <laughs> I already, uh, I sent her a shirt and, uh, she has been modeling it, uh, last couple of weeks. So that, that's fantastic. I saw that on Twitter. She's very proud of it. I'm glad she <laughs> took your offer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so, uh, fun stuff, great things to talk about in the geekosphere, but, um, let's get down to the main topic. We, uh, 
we we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the I guess the success rate of the, the of all these wonderful cinematic experiences that have come down to the small screen, down to the television screen uh, streaming services. And uh, I wanted to get your take because you seem to have, uh, to have uh, been interested in, in my original um, post there on Twitter. And uh, I'll just ask you what uh, what your thoughts are on which franchise between the MCU and Star Wars is doing a better job on the small screen. What do you think? I think the MCU is doing a terrible job, but it gets received better for whatever reason. And Star Wars is doing an exponentially much better job than them. But the fans are hard to please and it's not getting the credit that it deserves. So it's, it's kind of a complicated, kind of kind. Of, it's it, it's a very interesting question and one I, one that I'm I'm excited to talk about because you have one entity in the MCU where the fans have made it clear about what they want, and they're pretty much just telling the fans to shove it. And with each show afterwards, they're just doubling down on it. We didn't want She-Hulk. Well, if you didn't want She-Hulk, you're not going to like Echo. And guess what we're putting out? Echo. We don't (laughs) want Echo. Oh, well, if you're not going to like Echo, look at what we're doing with the new Avengers. And and the thing that's going to happen with Marvel, and it's happened with Marvel already, as you can see, because for all intents and purposes, everyone I know that has watched the Marvels in the theater, uh, I has enjoyed the show, has enjoyed the movie. I haven't watched it. I'm broke, so I can't go to the movies right now. Um, it's apathy and Star Wars fans are still, they're still hate watching and hoping for things to turn around. So Star Wars has that going for them. Marvel fans have given up. They're not, they're not watching. They don't care. They're not reading the books. They're not watching because Kevin Feige has done what Kevin Feige wants to do. He hasn't listened to anybody, uh, ever since he ousted Ike Perlmutter way back in phase three, He's let the inmates run the asylum production-wise because he doesn't have a spine. And you end up with, you know, writers that alienate the core audience. You know, I, and, and it's not it's not a matter, and I'm not going to get into the whole, like, a lot of what the YouTubers say, like MCU and all that. I think a lot of that is overblown. But there is a little bit to it because whether you like it or not, your core demographic is men. And when you put these things out, you say, we're not making it for men anymore. Well, the women aren't going to see it. And you're, you're not, you're really at at this point, you're making a product for nobody. Um, And I'll, I'll cite an example. They're saying things like Captain Marvel. Well, the men didn't show up to watch. So of course the box office failed. Okay. But where were the women? Half the country's women. How they didn't show up to watch it. You made it for them. It's almost like, it's almost like Bill Barr's joke regarding uh, the WNBA. Yeah. It, and 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 I'm of the opinion, and I'm with him on that. I, I, I heard that, and, and I think he's dead on. It's not my job to watch something just because you made it, and you explicitly told me that it's not for me anyway, so why am I going to give you my money? Uh, you, you know, and, and that's the thing. I, like I said, I think a lot of it with YouTubers gets overblown and then a lot of misogynistic comments come out and all that. And that's not what I'm about. I'm just about the fans are not getting what they want. 
Yeah, and that's interesting. I think uh, let, let's go back uh, to the beginning of what your comment was. You know, it it um, I think for me, and, and I guess this question it seems a little uh, focused, but it it really is kind of open ended, depending on your met- your metrics. Um, and um, obviously, this is a very subjective. Um, uh, you know, question where a lot can happen depending on what it is, I guess, that you are enjoying at the moment. I think um, for me, you know, I've, I've watched all of the MCU shows from, uh, from the Wanda vision show to the, you know, Falcon and the winter soldier and, and all the way through to Loki. And for me, when I measure, I guess the, the success rate and not really the success rate, but you know, when back in the nineties, when George Lucas was trying to get star Wars off the ground, when it comes to small, smaller projects, he wanted to be able to create star Wars the way he was used to, um, but not spend as much money. So to me, that means, you know, a project that looks like it's supposed to be up on the big screen and um, not, you know, obviously it costing not 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 as much as as these big blockbuster movies. Um, he was doing the experimentation with uh, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles with the technology, and that's you know that, that's fine. I, I'm I'm into the technologies. Anybody that knows me uh, knows. Um, but I feel like the visuals in the Marvel um, shows have been a hell of a lot more movie like than star wars on the big screen well and and real fast i'll say this and i understand the limitations of the technology you know going forward uh within star wars um but uh, you know if you put uh you know and, and i know people don't like when people uh when when other folks you know compare star wars shows but i think in in our discussion i think it's it's inevitable You've got a show like Andor that was not shot in the volume that looks like they went out on location, which they did, and shot everything, uh, you know, the traditional way versus something like, you know, the Book of Boba Fett or Kenobi even that was shot in the volume. It looks like they were just in a, in a warehouse and the limitations are are very apparent. Um, I think for me, that is one aspect of why I feel the MCU is doing better on the small screen than Star Wars. You were going to say something? Yeah, because the MC, presentation-wise, yeah, the MCU is doing better than Star Wars, but, but that's because Kathleen Kennedy, for all the vitriol that he's still in her way, knows how to work a budget, and she knows she knows that streaming's a different game, and, and it's harder to pull in money on a television show. You know how much money... She Hulk cost per episode. Yeah, I, I heard. Yeah, twenty five yeah. million an episode. Yeah. How does that business model sustain itself? Right. Um. You know, and 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 the show, and that was like on the lower end of of the visually. That show was atrocious compared to the other shows they've done. So I mean, you know, she looked like a PlayStation Two character. I don't even know where the money went on that. And it was $25 million an episode. So the higher quality shows than that, it's got to be more than $25 million an episode if that's what She-Hulk cost. 
and that, and that's that's just a money pit. Now you you look at Star Wars, and yeah, the production value is a little bit low. In my opinion, the storytelling is a little bit better. The only Star Wars show I can really say that I absolutely did not like uh, was Book of Boba Fett. Um, I think it was just a terrible interpretation of the character, and that is the only show where I can I can come out flat and say that it sucked. Uh, Kenobi was boring at times, but I liked the story. I think the problem with Kenobi was that they marketed it wrong. If they had marketed the show for what it was, I think it would have gotten a much better reception, but a lot of fans got pissed off because they went in expecting Luke and Obi-Wan to go on an adventure, and they did the uh, switcheroo and ended up being Little Leia, um, which I personally enjoyed, and I enjoyed I enjoyed that twist, but a lot of fans did not like that marketing tactic. Um, and uh, and I think the other shows, Mandalorian kind of lost it in uh, season three, kind of lost the feel of the show. Ahsoka was great up until the last episode. You, you talked about that earlier, and, and I agree with you. I liked it on the first glance, and then when I watched it again, it was like, this episode makes no sense. Like, why are they sending an army out after these people? Just leave. They can't follow you. Just go. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, I, I don't think um, on either camp, whether it's the MCU or uh, Star Wars, I don't think we would have a problem, even if the effects or the visuals look cheap. But if the stories were captivating, if the um, if the writing, if the dialogue was better, if the planning out of uh, the character motivations was a little more thought out, um, I think we would be okay with, with, with all of that. And I know some people that are listening right now are saying, I, I, I am okay with it. It was fine. Um, but, uh, they're, you know, stepping outside from the content creator aspect of things, there is a problem with, uh, with both franchises. Um, one may be more problematic than the other, and that just depends on what aisle you're standing on, uh, what side of the aisle you're standing on. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the, the backbone of any good show has got to be, uh, first and foremost, it's got to be the script. It's got to be the writing. And that's uh, why I think Star Wars edges it out because Favreau and Filoni do, even when they miss, um, and the big miss obviously for me was Boba Fett, but they still do world build. And they sure. still do. They still do adhere to the character bibles, except for Boba. Well, I don't even know if Boba Fett had a character bible because he had but three lines before he even got the show. So, um, and they adhere to it. The first thing I do if I went in, if I got a job, if I try, if I got Kevin Feige's job tomorrow, first thing I do is go in and be like, okay, we've had the rights to X Men and Fantastic Four for five years. Why is Agatha all along getting a show and we still haven't done anything with these properties? Who asked for that? Yeah, well, hopefully they're deciding, well, you know, let's hire a good scriptwriter to at least, you know, get a good story going. Yeah, but I mean, you've had like the minute Bob Iger bought Fox, he should have been like, someone get on X-Men. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny because, you know, I always talk about uh, movies being either product or art. And obviously, you know, with these blockbuster films, they're definitely product, um, you know, 
any independent filmmaker would love to make $2 billion on the first rung. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, Force Awakens did. But um, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, and then, you know, the MCU recently announced that they're going back to, you know, having a showrunner and, and uh, a uh, production Bible that uh, kind of tells everything that needs to be told as far as, you know, the show goes. So I think, uh, I think in that respects, they are heading in the right direction. Um, I'm hoping that star Wars kind of follows suit when it comes to, you know, the, the characters in the lore and, uh, and really, you know, and again, not, not that I want star Wars to give fans what they want because sometimes, you know, fans don't know what they want, but I think, you know, George Lucas has already established this universe. And I think, um, they uh, have been handed the keys to Star Wars, and I, I'm really hoping that they would kind of just usher, I don't know, a new generation of awesomeness. Um, it's fallen short for me, but hopefully I, soon. I think, and we've we've had this conversation before. I think we had the conversation last time I came on with, um, hey, easy boy. Uh, my dog acts up in the rain. It's raining over here. Um, we had this conversation with uh one of my guys from GNN, David Fur, came on uh, the Scuttlebuck uh, podcast. Um, Star Wars fans are constantly saying, we want something different. We want something different. We want to get away from the Skywalker saga. We want to get away from this. We want to get off of Tatooine. And then, you know, Lucasfilm does that, and they deliver something like Andor, and then they hate it. So it, it's kind of, you know, and they complain and who was it? Was it a, was it a Star Wars theory? It was like, there's no bricks. There's no bricks in Star Wars, or there's no screws in Star Wars. It's like, there. So I mean, I understand the reluctance because they tried when they whenever they try something new, there is such a massive backlash from a vocal minority, and it's it's a pain in the ass, you know. And and and, and the vote and the people that like it, which I. I I would like to say probably more people liked Andor than hated it. I thought it was a very well done show, so I, I would be willing to bank that. But the people that like it don't say anything, and the people that hate it are just loud. And then that's what the studio thinks the reception to the show is. You know, so yeah. Well, I've been, I've been, uh, I convince everybody that uh, asks me about Andor to go watch the damn show because uh, it's again quality. Quality Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, if you, if you brick, like good bricks, writing, bricks all bricks and all. If you like good writing, good character development, um, it's a little bit more dialogue driven than the other Star Wars shows, which I like. Uh, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a great. I thought it was the best thing they put out in years. And even jumping to the big screen for now, Marvel. <laughs> you said they're going back to their roots and they're gonna follow the story bibles and the character bibles. But are they really? Because now I'm reading today. Fantastic Four movie. They're making the Silver Surfer a girl. So I'm wondering where they're going with that. Yeah, and um, if I remember, there was a uh, Silver Surfer that was female in the comic books, but I um, I got to go back and and refamiliarize myself with that. And I'm wondering if that's what they're talking about or the Silver Surfer, the main Silver Surfer. Um. I don't know, but obviously when these uh, headlines get pumped out, 
it's uh, that the folks that rely on the hate clicks and the rage clicks uh, are the ones that uh, jump on it first because they got to get their they got to get their crowd uh, involved in order for them to make money. So they they want their they want their article to pop up on certain YouTubers videos. And they want these guys to rant about them because that gets people to click on their article and that gets people to read it. So, you know, um, and and I think that's what a lot of these people write about. They don't they don't necessarily write about what's going on, but they'll write something like that because they know I, I, I don't want to name names, but the big guy with the beard that's always upset about things, uh, <laughs> um, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, he's gonna you know you know what there's a lot of. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of big guys with beers. And- <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna get on there and just be like, oh, oh my god, this is Marvel's Bud Light moment or something like that. And, and you know, hey, come on, buddy. He's uh, he's gonna be like, this is Marvel's Bud Light moment or something like that. And you know, it's it's like, no, they're barely even. They just cast Mister Fantastic. Like, let's hear it out. Yeah, you know. Like they just released the news the other day on DC that the engineer is going to be the villain for uh, Superman Legacy, and then today we're reading it's going to be Lex Luthor. So we don't know anything until it's actually in production, right? You know, yeah. Oh well, but um, yeah. Ambrose, any uh, any final thoughts on uh, our little discussion here? Um, I I would urge people. As I always do, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a cynical guy than Roe here, and I have my thoughts on things, and I write my reviews, and some of my reviews are good, some of them are bad. Uh, but in this world of the internet where everyone has an opinion, I don't think you can trust reviewers, even myself. I urge all of you, if you're interested in something, watch it for yourself, form your own opinion. Watch Star Wars, watch She-Hulk, if you liked it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I don't respect you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If you liked it, that's your opinion. And and just think for yourself, watch for yourself, and don't listen to all the vitriol and the and the spite that 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 comes out of um, mainly YouTube and social media. Just you know, if, if it entertains you and makes you happy, enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Something about. Uh... Something about that big green She-Hulk rendering did something to me. I don't know. <laughs> Ambrose is turning red. All right. <laughs> Ambrose, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, quick cut segment on today's episode. Where can people find you to say hello there? Oh, you can find me anywhere uh, every Saturday night at 10 p.m. I'm on the Geek News Gauntlet with William Morgan and Cat uh, Holler and a cast of others. Uh, you can check out my writing at www.geeknewsnow.net. Uh, my most recent article is uh, the trailer review for Ghostbusters. I also did a two-part article about how Universal might possibly buy Warner Brothers. Uh, a lot of research in there, a lot of fun facts. So check that out. And um, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. And we got another segment of Quick Cuts with another friend. Right after this. Hello. Hi, this is Sean from Extra Star Wars. Oh. And you're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt. 
Hey, what's up, Chicago friends? If you are in the Andersonville area and want to check out a really cool comic book shop, head on over to Alley Cat Comics, 5304 North Clark Street in Chicago. If you're into comics, magna, gaming, and all the cool stuff, Alley Cat Comics is the place to be. Gotta love Celine and the rest of the gang over at Alley Cat Comics. Pick up your gaming supplies, set aside your comic books, grab the latest Star Wars and Marvel books, or give them a call at 773-907-3404. And tell them the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast sent you. Oh, yeah. Alley Cat Comics in Chicago. It's where the cool cats hang. See what I did there? Okay, folks, we got one more segment here. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Quick Cuts on the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood, Row, talking to you from the Citadel. And uh, our third friend, Stephen Kent, author extraordinaire. And uh, we're going to be talking about um, promotions, but you kind of got uh, a little bit of a promotion, uh, a little uh, level up in your writing game. Isn't that right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Ro. You can you can find me no, now over uh, at Bounding into Comics as a contributor to the Star Wars section. I'm helping over there at Bounding in a, a little bit of sort of a rebuilding effort of, of taking Bounding in a new direction, and Star Wars will be uh, a little bit a little bit under my guidance over there. And I'm I'm super excited to be diving into that project. In addition to also running geekystoics.com uh, with my friend Riley Blanton who many of your people many of your uh, folks in the audience might remember Riley from the Star Wars Report awesome Star Wars podcast from years gone past and uh, we're now teamed up on this new project diving deeper into the philosophy behind Star Wars Lord of the Rings and and Marvel movies excellent um, who knew that nerds were uh, were so deep in thought in, uh, in in concept and and uh, and and theory and, and all that stuff but that's uh, that's one of the reasons I love science fiction because we really get into you know I think the outside world thinks of sci-fi as like a children's genre. But mm-hmm. uh, damn, you know, when we get deep and into conversation, um, there, there's no stopping us. No, that's absolutely right. Uh, I, I feel like some of the best conversations that I've had on the meaning of life and what it is we're yeah. all doing here on this rock are, are conversations I've had at Comic-Con and, and sometimes even with uh, with people half my age. So, no, I, I the nerds love to think deep and it's these stories that we podcast about and do you know fan films about and go out to midnight screenings of that inspire our minds our hearts and and for some of us our spirits uh, to think a little bit bigger about the world absolutely as they say with great power comes great responsibility and i think uh science fiction and fantasy and all that nerd stuff really um definitely uh you know puts that into perspective but uh steven thank you very much for joining me on this uh segment of quick cuts but uh our topic you know talking about uh, little promotions here. Um, this week is, uh, I guess, 
you being on here is a little metaphoric um, as far as promotions goes. We've got uh, some news that dropped uh, earlier in the week. And, you know, we, we uh, here at the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast, we usually don't do like, you know, what's uh, what's new in the world of news. But um, this one, I, I think we did kind of have to talk about because it's it has to do, obviously, with Star Wars. But uh, Dave Filoni gets bumped up um, to what is the title? Because it's a little confusing because didn't he have some sort of, of lateral move earlier in the year in April? But now he is. He is the chief creative officer, or what, what's that title again? <laughs> the chief creative officer, the CCO. So, uh, in many ways, this is this is absolutely an executive position within Lucasfilm, focused on the early stages of project development. Uh, you know, I am certainly not a Lucasfilm insider by any stretch of the imagination, but you know the way that these things generally work is you've got story group and you've got sort of the executive team uh, who are doing the development and production of movies, but then you've got the very early planning stages of projects uh, that happens at a very high level, looking at budget, looking at strategy for the brand overall. Where does Star Wars need to go next from a business perspective? Uh, and then what kind of stories are available for being told. And in many ways, this is Dave Filoni kind of stepping up into that position. Uh, this is going to put him next to Kathleen Kennedy and Carrie Beck, who is in head of development. Um, so again, this is just like the Jedi Council in the words of Dave Filoni for thinking about what Lucasfilm and Star Wars is doing at any given time. It's a big sea change for Dave Filoni because instead of him being handed projects and direction from on high, he's going to have a role in charting the course of what kind of things they're focusing on in future projects. Yeah, that's uh that's very exciting. I think um it's something that I think a lot of Dave Filoni fans have been, you know, kind of wishing that he would take on. Um I know a lot of people uh, probably wanted him in charge of Lucasfilm rather than Kathleen Kennedy to begin with, but that's another podcast. Um but I think um what what are your initial thoughts when you heard that news? And I know uh, again, you know, there there's a lot, also a lot of people that are just kind of wondering if this is the first step into a larger world, if you will. But once Kathleen Kennedy finally gets fired, or at least that's what the YouTubers are saying. I mean, she's going to get she's going to retire at some point, and then all the YouTubers will be right that she got fired. Mm -hmm. Right? That's that's what we're thinking. <laughs> but yeah. Like, I certainly try never to. I try never to to get into the the phony speculation about who is who's on the chopping block and getting fired. And I was just like tongue in cheek, of of course. But you know this. No, I understand. I understand. And and I think what I what I've been reading a lot lately is that you know Bob Iger, the very top rungs of Disney, is having the most miserable comeback of his of his life. You know this this. Coming back to Disney as sort of a savior uh, last year after he had entered retirement and left, uh, gosh, I think it was in 2019 when he stepped away and, you know, sailed off into the sunset as like a hero of Disney who expanded all of their properties, expanded their potential and doubled their stock prices coming back to it now cut in half. And he can't seem to get a hold of it at all. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy doesn't operate in a vacuum. She operates in that situation of Disney as a larger 
entity suffering incredibly. And Star Wars is in this moment where like, if you're just sort of like a live and let live fan, this is sort of a golden era of content, 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 stories, stories, stories. Uh, but I, I don't think that the, the fan base, the loyal fan base uh, has ever been more unhappy. Uh, and Kathleen Kennedy is probably at some point going to bear the brunt of that. I don't know if this is like putting Dave Filoni in a position to learn executive management where then he can one day take the reins of a place like Lucasfilm. But I do happen to believe that you have to have some kind of prior experience at the executive level uh, of a movie studio to possibly ever have a chance to run it. So I kind of hope that this is Dave Filoni learning the ropes of those types of projects. Sure. But I do I do have a concern, Ro. Mm, let's hear it. So I told this story in in Bounding into Comics. If you, you go over to Bounding into Comics, you can find it still on the front page. Um, just sort of a, a deeper dive into this, this promotion for Dave Filoni and that it reminds me of something from within Star Wars lore. Again, I don't I don't love like entertainment film studio speculation because it, it's it's all just so I don't know, in a way contrived. So I always looked at Star Wars as a source of guidance for how to think about these things. And I'm recalling Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn, before uh, episode one, before we see him die in The Phantom Menace, he was having a really hard time training Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he's offered a chance by the council to join the Jedi Council and to be one of the core members who run the Jedi Order. And Qui-Gon Jinn doesn't know what to do. He kind of wants that opportunity because it's a huge honor and you get to chart the future of the Jedi and their role in the galaxy. But he's also on a spiritual journey himself in this book, Master and Apprentice, written by Claudia Gray. And he wants to continue to study the Force, to learn about its secrets, to study things that the Jedi Council doesn't want him to study. And so he goes, well, then I can't be on the Council. Like, sure. And Dave Filoni mentioned this, or mentioned that this job was like him joining the Jedi Council. And I immediately went, Oh my god. Oh, but you're yeah. kind of too good for you're kind of too good for this. Like, yeah. you know, Ahsoka to me was the peak of Dave Filoni being an imaginative Star Wars creator. And I want to see more of that. I want to see more magic in Star Wars. And I just worry about Dave Filoni's capability to do that. Uh, hobnobbing with executives and duking it out with Kathleen Kennedy over uh, whether or not the force is female or if we need more magic and more night sisters and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I just worry about that. I think it's a, a role that possibly kills your spirit. Um, so I'm, I'm skeptical in the end, Qui-Gon Jinn uh, does decline the opportunity to join the council because he wants to continue to study the force freely. And so thinking about Dave Filoni in that same sense, you know, may the force be with him. I wish him the best of luck as he's doing this job. And I still hope that we get the Dave Filoni directed movies uh, but I don't know if you can direct these movies while you're also doing the role of chief creative officer. Yeah, that's interesting. And I wonder if he sensed the irony when he said, uh, you know, he equated himself to Qui-Gon Jinn uh, joining the Jedi Council. Um, only time will tell, my friend. Only time will tell. And, you know... I think Lucasfilm has been um, on the ropes for announcing things way too soon and then canceling them. I think yeah. um, 
you know, a large percentage of the things that they announced, uh, you know, back in what, 2019, 2020, um, a lot of stuff has either, you know, been forgotten, put on the back shelf, uh, all right, canceled. Um, so I wonder, um, like you said, I mean, uh, can you be an executive uh, and, and still direct a movie? I mean, I, I guess you can. But the workload, I feel, might uh, might be a little too jarring for for someone like Dave Filoni, especially because, like you said, he really doesn't have the managerial experience to be able to juggle both things at the same time. No, I suppose technically not. But you know, I think all resumes start that way, and sure. you know, Dave Filoni is. Uh, I, I, I'm not like a Dave Filoni fan. I'm a Star Wars fan. And so when I when I see Star Wars stuff that I like and Dave Filoni is responsible for it, I'm like, hooray, like more sure. of that, please. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I, I I just I think he'll do a fine job in this role. And there's really no reason to be, you know, particularly cynical about it. But I, I do feel that the winds of change are clearly blowing uh, at Disney and at Lucasfilm. There's a lot of ruminations about the financial pain that that company is going through. And in some ways, you know, the fans who are disenchanted with the way that their most favorite stories and, and franchises and legacy properties have been treated. You know, they're to credit for that. If you just keep gobbling up garbage, they'll keep producing garbage sure. uh, and treating and treating these stories in a shoddy manner. So, in some way, the people who have inflicted the pain on Disney for the past couple of years, you know, keep it up, I guess, because you know they are actually looking at the tea leaves now and going, "I think we've made some mistakes." Uh, the question is whether or not the ship can be righted. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, uh, you know, early on, even uh, I think right after The Last Jedi and when that, uh, you know, that crowd started uh, their upheaval, um, it, you know, it didn't seem like, you know, I think what they with folks that did not like that film and, and I'm including myself, uh, you know, they um, I guess, you know, I, I guess the more. Um, prudent fans that did not like that film were were asking for some sort of change. I, I don't know. And again, you know, from a corporate standpoint, I'm not sure if if a, a corporation, you know, listens to the the angry um, branch of of fandom. Um, it might have taken so many years, you know, from then to now to kind of step back and say, well, you know. I can understand that the angry YouTubers are are saying this, but there are some other regular people that are also saying this. So we right. might have, so we might I, have I a think, point. I don't think that they they listen to to angry YouTubers right. and, clout, and clout chasers online. But uh, the way that this works is the trickle down effect, where when you do have at the very top levels. Um, articulate, angry people who really don't like what is being served up uh, by Lucasfilm, by Disney, uh, that does find its way out into the masses. I work in conservative media uh, for a day job, and I'm always blown away at how everyday people that I talk to in these circles, they do say the same things that I'm hearing on uh online conservative media when they're talking about movies and they're talking about Star Wars and entertainment. And those people are parroting the same things that are coming uh, from your angry YouTuber crowd. Um, so there there absolutely is a dissemination effect. And I think what 
studio executives, Disney, Lucasfilm, what they pay attention to and experience is box office numbers, sure. low streaming numbers, and poor user responses on review pages and review sites. That is what they see, and that is a trickle-down effect of influential people online. That's kind of my my read of it. I think it would be kind of pitiful if Lucasfilm executives were watching <laughs> watching their YouTube reviews, but you know, they feel the effects. Sure. And, you know, I mean, it's a weird time to live in, too. I mean, uh, you know, movie theaters have been suffering for the longest time since the start of the pandemic. And uh, there doesn't seem to be uh, a reprieve for um, for movies out in the theater. I think, you know, streaming has somewhat killed uh, movie theater business. Um, but, uh, again, you know, we can get into that and talk uh, talk about that yeah, at, at another point. That. Oh, you you disagree? You think you 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 think? Because um, I, I again, like for me, I am a proponent. If a, a new movie comes out, I'd rather watch it in the theater than than sit mm-hmm. at home. I, I don't care how good your home theater is. Uh, I'd rather go watch it out with other people and just feed off of their energy. I went to go see The Creator. Was the last movie that I went to go see. It was mm-hmm. a great experience in IMAX, uh, bigger you know screen, bigger than life. Uh, the the emotion of the people around me. Um, yeah. And you you know you just you don't get that at home. Nope. The movie movie theaters are not dying. They're not dying. They better they not are, be. I they're, hope they're, so. are, they're evolving. I mean, just just as recently as this past week, the 2023 box office altogether is somewhere around 960 million for the year. That is up 50 percent from 2022. Good to hear. Uh, and it is you know it is up 25 percent from where it was in 2019. Obviously, we're talking about like pandemic and then pre pandemic, sure. but you know. Things are things are going steady, and then you have to just consider the kinds of movies that hit the screens. I mean, uh, Taylor Swift's Eras tour right. was huge, yeah. and and it was a new kind of entertainment experience. Obviously, there have been concerts that then play in movie theaters before. It's not it's like not like it's never been done before, right. but. The more that experiments like that are done in media, you're going to get huge cash flow going into movie theaters. And what that does is it sustains them to then be able to support more movies, more art films, more indie flicks. You know, it's it's kind of a subsidi- subsidization model where you might have to have movie theaters indulging a lot of stuff that you wouldn't consider to be cinema uh, so that you can then have your cinema. Sure. Um, that's kind of like how Netflix has survived for so long in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you say to the folks that uh, you see a lot of these hashtags, you know, in Filoni we trust and thank God for Filoni. And you got the meme where they're praying to the Filoni <laughs> effigy in the, in the sky. I'm not um, sure what's worse than that or the Fauci, <laughs> the Fauci candles, the Fauci prayer candles. Right, uh, right. It's, no, I don't I – so I really – I have I'm guilty of like sharing a Infaloni we trust uh, meme once or twice <laughs> because they're just so funny and I, I find fan culture to be amusing but I, I do kind of roll my eyes at all of that stuff. There's just this very natural human inclination to always have these heroes and then these demons and dragons and dragon slayers and right. Kathleen Kennedy's the dragon that needs slaying and and you've got this like guy riding in out of the sunset uh, Dave Filoni and his big cowboy hat who's saving the day. I just, I, it's just silly to me because these are not gods. These are not heroes. Uh, these are people. 
and they're going to win some, they're going to lose some. Um, I, I just, I just have trouble buying into it. You know, even George Lucas, God, like if you look at his batting average for movies, I mean, the guy visionary, a genius. He's given us so much joy in all of our lives. You and I are both surrounded by George Lucas's works right now. Uh, but also, again, the batting average of that man with quality and quantity. He made a lot of crap stuff. <laughs> Have you ever seen his involvement in that movie Labyrinth? I mean, my my God. Uh, and then, well, La- uh, Labyrinth then is a cult classic now, but I, I see what you mean. I mean, executive. Well, so's the room. Howard Howard the Duck. <laughs> No, I, I I I hear you, but like these these were not successes right. in the traditional sense, and they sure. actually do kind of stink. Uh, you know, episode two, Attack of the Clones, what a mess! I, I I've always considered it to be the bottom of the barrel up until the Rise of Skywalker comes out. Um, so I just I just don't believe in in treating any Star Wars creator or executive as some kind of god or devil. They're just they're just people, and you know I just watch what I enjoy. And then I, I don't watch what I don't. Yeah. It's uh, you know, we had this debate uh, many episodes ago. We talked about how movies are either art or product. And, you know, I think with blockbusters, they're more product than art. Um, they can get a little artsy uh, at times, but uh, you know, they're, they're really designed to sell a ticket to put uh, a person in the seat and uh, you know, make money. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, I would be okay with the, uh, in Filoni we trust if it weren't for, um, especially that last episode of Ahsoka, that was, uh, very underwhelming for me. I mean, the entire series, I mean, for me was a little underwhelming. Um, but, uh, again, you know, if you wanted to hear our, my actual review on, on that, Brad and I did that a couple of weekends ago. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, for the most part, I think, you know, as we wrap things up here, I think I am cautiously optimistic. I think obviously Dave Filoni having the background, uh, with, uh, George Lucas, um, is giving me uh, a little bit of, of hope. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I do agree with that. You know, I agree with that. I, you know, there's something to the fact that Dave Filoni came over to Lucasfilm from working on Avatar, that he was noticed by George Lucas, that he worked so closely with him on the Clone Wars, that he spent so much time with him. If there is somebody in Hollywood who is, you know, of protege level, right. apprentice, Padawan level to George Lucas. It's it, it's Dave Filoni. Like there sure. is, there's, there's nobody else. Yeah. Uh, and if we are at our core human beings, we kind of have these like monarchical tendencies and think about things in terms of heirs and who gets passed down what. Right. In many ways, like I do think George or, or Dave Filoni is kind of that heir to what George Lucas has built. And that's going to require him to not just honor where Star Wars has been. It's going to require him to tread new territory, break new ground. And boy, did he in Peridia, a brand new galaxy, which gave us sort of the idea of a galaxy far, far away, long time ago. So, so cool. And I, I just like how Dave Filoni is thinking a little bit bigger about the force and about the star Wars universe that we've been given while also being 
in so many ways honorable to Star Wars history and where we have come from. Um, he has had moments of flippant disrespect towards the fans and towards some of the fandom culture. I pop off and spout off a, a lot of things too sometimes. Um, but I look at the whole body of work and I go, I mean, this this is it. Like I'm happy with this. My kid is happy with this most sure. of all. Um, my my daughter just loves almost anything that Dave Filoni has touched. And she doesn't watch behind the scenes stuff or debate Star Wars production on Twitter. She is obsessed with Clone Wars, Rebels, and Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And that's completely by coincidence. She doesn't care (laughs) about the credits. She's drawn towards certain kinds of stories. And they're the ones that have Dave Filoni's fingerprints on them. And so for me, I go... He has a sense of magic that kids appreciate and that certain curmudgingly adults might not. And you know what? That's that's life. Yeah, sure. I always say that you should watch these uh, nerd movies with uh, with children because I think your cynicism would go right out the window as you see them enjoying whatever it is that you're watching. It's uh, absolutely true. Um, Dave Filoni, uh, yes, uh, an exceptional example of an heir to the Empire. Uh, see, see what I did there, but um, absolutely. Um, final thoughts. Uh, Dave Filoni gets uh, promoted to the big Kahuna. What do you think? I'm optimistic. You know, sure. I, I'm optimistic about what he can do. Um, I do again, just caution and hope that Dave Filoni knows Star Wars lore and Star Wars stories. Knows that this kind of opportunity was offered to the great Qui-Gon Jinn, and he saw it as too much of a risk for his ability to explore the big ideas about the Force. And Dave Filoni, I hope you're listening. Uh, same situation here for you, my, my my man. So try to stay in touch with where you came from and uh, don't let hanging out with the executives and uh, Kathleen Kennedy uh, warp your sense of uh, appreciation for the Force. Absolutely. Well said. Well said, my friend. Stephen, tell the folks that uh, are listening where people can find you to say hello there. Yeah, come on over to geekystoics.com. That's geekystoics.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Kent X, uh, putting out bad Star Wars takes, talking about politics and uh, nerding out on philosophy from time to time. Excellent, Stephen. Always a pleasure having you on the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast, going deep on Star Wars lore, my friend. Until next time, I hope you come back soon. Thanks, Ro. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>